think for a moment about why this is a federal holiday, but also what Dr. King stood for. If someone holds an opinion and if more, if more people listen to it and it becomes radicalized, they start to think that that opinion is true, that that is the shared perspective of many versus a few. And so when we think about perspectives, it is important that when we do say things about other people, that we do our due diligence, that we research, that we read, that we try to understand the truth and that we're not merely speaking from opinion. And I'd like to encourage us to consider looking at the facts, researching, looking for information, learning about individuals, breaking down those barriers so that we are not judging individuals based off of what we think we know, but really basing it off of what is true. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. Today is MLK Day, also known as Martin Luther King Jr. Day, which commemorates civil rights activist and Baptist preacher and Nobel Peace Prize winner, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. He was known for his activism. He was also known for fighting against segregation and his advocacy for civil rights. And when you think about that, at the time in which he was fighting for these rights, it wasn't always necessarily welcome. However, when you think about the purpose of today, Per the American Association of State Colleges and Universities, the MLK Day of Service empowers individuals, strengthens communities, bridges barriers, creates solutions to social problems, and moves us closer to Dr. King's vision of a beloved community. While some have seen it this way, others have not over the course of history. So according to history.com, there was a fight for a holiday to commemorate today, which is Martin Luther King Jr.'s day, aka MLK Day, the day of service, which is the only federal federal holiday, excuse me, that is considered a national day of service. And in that particular article with regard to the fight for today um, by history.com, it notes that at the time in which this was a discussion, the suggestion that King a Black minister who was vilified during his life and gunned down when he was just 39 years old, deserved a holiday, was nothing short of incendiary, aka full of conflict. And so today, I want to talk about opinions, perspectives, because there's always three sides. It's your truth, aka his truth, their truth, and the truth. And so when you think about his background, his life, his legacy, I started to do a little bit of research. And knowing that today is a day of service, I like to think of what I do as service, my service uh, being training and education. I love learning. I consider myself to be a lifelong learner. And part of that learning is researching 
and learning more about my history and the history of those that came before me, I am so grateful that we have come as far as we have in terms of where we are today versus where we started from. And so when you think about the history of what Dr. Martin Luther King stood for, you think about what his message was all about in terms of hope and being able to spread a message um, where individuals could literally live together in harmony, where race would not divide us, but instead bring us together. And when you think about how far we've come, now we are at a place where individuals of different races can convene in the same places and talk and learn from each other's experiences and learning that we are so much more than what one may think. There are so many layers to us as individuals, but in order for us to get to that part of dialogue, we have to first take a step back and really understand the background, really understand who individuals are at their core, not what we think based on what we've heard or what others tell us. So when you think about Dr. Martin Luther King and his background, according to the King Center, he served for essentially 13 years as a leader of the modern American civil rights movement from December 1955 until April 4th, 1968. It was during that time that he wanted to make progress towards racial equality. And when you think about the time period before that, the prior 350 years as the site states, essentially the time period in which he lived and the work in which he did to bring together uh, individuals of different races and to really encourage love and commitment to nonviolence. Um, he is known as being one of the greatest nonviolent leaders in the world. So the only thing that he would do is share his truth through his voice. That being said, when he talked about peace and love and loving your enemies, for some, they still saw it as a threat, regardless of the fact that he advocated for nonviolence and peace. And so... When you think about the things that he taught, the things that he said, some of his achievements, it is something that is interesting because of how it's viewed. And this is why I say perspective is important. And the same thing holds true with regard to various opinions. I did some research on the power of opinions. And even when you think about psychology, and that's why I think it's important for us as individuals to even consider the things that we say about other people, because what we may not realize is the impact of those opinions. And so when we think about the fact that Dr. King wanted to focus on nonviolence, he wanted to focus on being able to bring individuals together. Even with that, because of the opinions of other people, it was something that was not necessarily appreciated at that time. So I did some research um, by reading an article in the journey, journal excuse me, of personality and social psychology published by the American Psychological Association, also known as APA. 
And it noted that repeated exposure to one person's viewpoint can have almost as much influence as exposure to shared opinions from multiple people. In some cases, it gives the listener a false sense that an opinion is more widespread than it actually is. In this case, the opinions that Dr. King shared were opinions that when you think about where we are now, it's the reason that we're able to do what we do. It's the reason that I'm able to work in the workspace that I'm in. It's the reason that I'm able to sit here before you today with a podcast that is shared across nations. There's no divide with regard to whether or not your race will dictate whether or not you get to hear this message. Granted, I realize that censorship is still real in some places, but I'm grateful that I'm not censored and I'm grateful that I'm able to speak up. And so when you think about what today is all about, it's really about, as the American Association of State Colleges and Universities stated, empowering individuals, strengthening communities, bridging barriers, creating solutions to social problems, and moving us closer to his vision of a beloved community. And so when you think about some of his most famous quotes, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. You don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your subject and verb agree to serve. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. That was one of his quotes um, from the drum major instinct sermon. Another quote is, even though it may be true that the law cannot change the heart, it can restrain the harvest. Even though it may be true that the law cannot make a man love me, it can restrain him from lynching me. And I think that's pretty important also. And so while the law may not change the hearts of men, it can and it does change the habits of men. And when you begin to change the habits of men, pretty soon the attitudes will be changed. That was from Dr. Martin Luther King's Jr.'s address called The Other America. And then he spoke at Oberlin College and he said, the time is always right to do what is right. In his sermon in Selma, Alabama, he stated, a man dies when he refuses to stand up for that which is right. A man dies when he refuses to stand up for justice. A man dies when he refuses to take a stand for that which is true. And that brings me to the topic of truth. So in 1955, Dr. Martin Luther King was recruited to serve as a spokesman for the Montgomery bus boycott. Now, the Montgomery bus boycott was a campaign by the African-American population of Montgomery, Alabama to force integration of the city's bus lines. So at that time, individuals that looked like myself were not allowed to ride on the same bus. But because he was there, that actually opened up the door to an investigation. And so when I say his truth, their truth, and the truth, what I found interesting is the fact that that is when the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation began monitoring Dr. Martin Luther King because of his involvement with the boycott. And at that time, FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover was essentially focused on King because he believed that the civil rights leader was influenced by communists. And so I did some more digging. And when you look up communism, and it's something that you may have heard of or learned about in school, but having a refresher is always helpful. Like I say, I'm a lifelong learner. So communism, when you think about the theory or the political uh, 
aspects of it, is essentially a political and economic system that seeks to create a classless society in which the major means of production, such as mines and factories, are owned and controlled by the public. So essentially, according to Britannica.com, that means that there is no government or private property or currency and the wealth is divided among citizens equally according to individual needs. So at that time, because of what Dr. King stood for and stated, he was under investigation for potentially being a communist. And based on that information and intel, um, that is what they essentially continued to investigate him on. And that particular FBI director, Hoover, served until he died in 1972. That is when different laws were passed with regard to the FBI's jurisdiction and also what's considered federal crimes, because essentially their role is to make sure that there are laws in place to protect us in terms of national security. And so at that time, what was seemingly not a bad thing because he wanted to focus on integration and he wanted to focus on every person being treated like a human being, that in and of itself, because of one person's opinion, they tried to tie what he was doing to communism. And so therefore, it began this whole investigation into who he was as a person and essentially what he did, because the aim was to discredit who he was. And so different things that he did throughout his life made it seem as though to someone investigating that he was influenced by communist advisors. And so they continued to do this investigation. Whereas when you think about the things that he stated in his speeches, the things that he stated in his sermons, um, the fact that it is now a federal holiday and that there was a fight for it to become a federal holiday, it really makes you think about the importance of opinions, the importance of perspective, and the importance of truth. Because when we think about opinions, Dr. Martin Luther King is the only person who knows his heart, him and God, essentially. He knows what he stood for. He knows what he wanted to achieve. He knows what he wanted to share. However, how other people took that during that time was based on their perspective. And we are all blessed to have a perspective. We are all fortunate to have an experience. We are all grateful that we are not forced into a particular way of thinking. But when you think about our lives, our lives are shaped by our experiences. It's shaped by our lessons. It's shaped by the things that we've observed, the things that we've been taught. And so when you think about the fact that in 1955, he was just a spokesperson for the Montgomery bus boycott, that is also the reason why he was investigated by the FBI. And so when you think about that, essentially it took years, but within less than two years of that, he was elected to the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. And that organization was created to really help spearhead the civil rights movement. And he did that until 1968 when he was assassinated. But when you think about how it started, 
and the fact that he really was just fighting for individuals to have equal rights. Again, he was a nonviolent leader. However, the fact that he was investigated by the FBI, it did not matter that he was a nonviolent leader because what someone's opinion was, was that his involvement with what they believed to be communist at the time was a threat to national security. And so then they continued to essentially complete a covert operation against him and really trying to understand what was happening. And actually, um, right before he died, the FBI had created a counter, a co-intel pro against Black nationalist hate groups. And it targeted individuals like King and other civil rights leaders. And he was a target because some believed that he could become a messiah who could unify Black nationalists should he abandon his supposed obedience to white liberal doctrines, nonviolence, and embrace Black nationalism. And so this is from the Senate Select Committee. When you think about this and you think about the fact that there was a long period of time where there were efforts to discredit his work on the civil rights movement because it was linked to what one person said was communism. And so, of course, they did not find uh, that to be true. Obviously, today is a federal holiday. Shortly after his assassination, the FBI launched a large-scale investigation to find his killer. But what's interesting about that is while he was alive, he was considered a threat. And fast forward to today, it's because of some of the things that he's done that we are able to do what we are able to do. And when you think about the King Center, which was uh, inspired and created because of his legacy, um, it notes on their website that his teachings were inspired by Jesus Christ and Gandhi. And there were six nonviolent principles that he focused on with regard to life and how we live. And yet it's so interesting that in spite of that focus, individuals may have seen it a different way. And so the reason that I think things like this, it's important to think about, it's important to talk about is the fact that oftentimes we may pass judgment on individuals because we don't understand their perspective. We don't understand where they are coming from. And the only way in which we can do that is literally by taking a step back and getting to know the individual. And so I will probably do another segment on this, but there's something called confirmation bias. And I love one of the examples that was shared when I learned about it. If, say for instance, you believe that young people don't tip, you give young people bad service that come into your restaurant, and those young people subsequently don't tip, is it because you gave bad service or is it because young people don't tip? Well, some people would argue that it's because of their belief, their stereotype that people of a younger generation don't tip. And so therefore, they acted a certain way because of a belief that they had, a belief and or stereotype about young people. And so then when said young people did not tip, 
they believed it was because they were young, not because of the poor service that they may have provided. Similarly, the investigation with regard to Dr. King was based on the fact that it was believed that he had ties to the Communist Party. It was believed. It was an opinion. And so an investigation was launched. So therefore, anything that he did that might appear to be connected with someone who was a part of the Communist Party, someone who was from a communist country, um, where wherever, essentially they would believe that to be true. Well, is it that he just so happened to talk to those individuals or was it because they really believed wholeheartedly that he was communist or that he believed he was communist? Obviously they found that this was not true, but it was a belief. It was an opinion. And like what was noted in the psychological article, if someone holds an opinion and if more, if more people listen to it and it becomes radicalized, they start to think that that opinion is true, that that is the shared perspective of many versus a few. And so when we think about perspectives, it is important that when we do say things about other people, that we do our due diligence, that we research, that we read, that we try to understand the truth and that we're not merely speaking from opinion. When I think about what I do in my day job, I am a training manager. And so for me, as I mentioned earlier, I'm a lifelong learner. So I have to read. I can't just simply utilize my opinion to make decisions. I have to use data. I have to use evidence. I have to use truth to verify those facts, to see if what I think is actually true and find information to support that. What I thought about today is the fact that individuals can find information to support both sides. And so when we think about some of those famous quotes from Dr. King, None of those things in and of itself sounded like a bad thing. None of it sounded like a bad thing. However, depending on who is receiving the information, regardless of his intent, other individuals also have a right to make their own deductions about what they think they are seeing, what they think they are hearing. And so it's important for us as individuals to think about how we show up every day, to think about if we are walking in truth, to think about what we are sharing about other people, to think about our opinions. Are they rooted in fact or are they rooted in opinion? And I'd like to encourage us to consider looking at the facts, researching, looking for information, learning about individuals, breaking down those barriers so that we are not judging individuals based off of what we think we know, but really basing it off of what is true. Those things that we actually have an opportunity to speak with the person, learn about them, talk to them, really break down those barriers. Essentially what Dr. King was fighting for was to break down those barriers so we could get to know one another. Because if you think about the impact that Dr. King had on global citizens. Now we can learn from and unite with other people. Whereas before, when you think of before integration, before we were able to come together in shared spaces, that wouldn't have been possible. When you think about today, the things that we are still fighting, the things that are still 
a part of this discussion. The reason that we have diversity, equity, and inclusion taglines and mantras and uh, essentially policies in place is because we are still at a place where individuals face violence, hatred, poverty, inequality, racism, because of what someone looks like, because they may have a different ideology. And thank goodness there are rules and laws in place to protect individuals. Like Dr. King said, those rules and those laws protect someone from being lynched. It may not necessarily change their thought process, but it can change what they can do as a result of that thought process. And so when you think about his life and you think about his legacy, even though it was a fight to get to where we are now, thank goodness that he didn't give up. Thank goodness that in the face of adversity, in the face of situations where people challenged his thought process, where people didn't actually believe what he was standing for, that he kept on pushing forward. And thank goodness that his wife, Mrs. Coretta Scott King, continued his legacy by establishing in 1968 the Martin Luther King Jr. Center for Nonviolent Social Social Change, also known as the King Center. And I had the opportunity to visit um, many, many years ago. And it was it was definitely interesting and enlightening to see that someone could have so much impact. And when we think about everyone's life, no one is perfect. There was only one perfect person that I know of. And that perfect person, I can tell you, is not me and anyone else walking on this earth. And when you think about perfection, people make mistakes. But sometimes I feel like in society, we may literally reduce everything good that people do because they might make a mistake. And so when you think about his life and his legacy, there are people who will use the transgressions, things that were not so great about him to minimize the things that he shared that were good. And so this message is not necessarily to say you should go and support and you should do this and you should do that, but essentially just to get us to think for a moment about why this is a federal holiday, but also what Dr. King stood for. And the fact that even though he stood for something that ultimately allows us to be able to share in spaces like this, it is still not necessarily received by everyone. And so when you think about what it means to have a beloved community, that's how we learn. But if we're not allowed to have that, then how do we how do we learn from one another? How do we continue to move forward? How do we continue to grow? Because at the end of the day, we are all here for a reason. We all have impact. We all have power. But it's if we believe that we do. And I love this quote by Dr. King as well. It says, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. What are we standing for as individuals? Do we want to stand for truth? Do we want to stand for love? Do we want to stand for peace? And so when you think about history, when you think about where we are now, when we think about 
beloved, having community, a beloved community, being able to have people that we can share our life, our experiences with, not feeling like you have to conform to what everyone else believes, but really being able to stand up, speak truth, and continue to fight for justice and continue to encourage others to think openly about the fact that not everyone is going to think the same because we all have different experiences, different upbringings, different backgrounds, different nationalities, different customs, different religions. We are all different for a reason. We are all branches when you think about it on a tree, a bigger tree. And in order for us to grow together, we have to be willing to take a step back and learn. We have to be willing to speak truth. We have to be willing to seek truth and know that just because it's our opinion, it doesn't necessarily mean that that is the shared opinion of everyone. What literally started out as an opportunity for Dr. Martin Luther King to talk about integration ended up becoming an investigation into his life and individuals questioned what he really stood for. But when you think about his life now, looking back, he described the triple evils as poverty, racism, and militarism. When he talked about poverty, he was specifically referring to unemployment, homelessness, hunger, some of the things you still see today. Racism, he was referring to prejudice, apartheid, ethnic conflict, anti-Semitism, sexism, ageism, discrimination against people who are disabled, militarism, war, domestic violence, terrorism, human trafficking, things of that nature. And granted, those some of those things may not have been as widespread and or as widely known as they are now. But essentially, he wanted to talk about how we move away from these things, the forms of violence against others that continue a cycle. How do we stand in the face of controversy? Do we fight back? Do we shrink down? Do we lie down? Or do we stand up? Do we stand up for what is right? And so I wanted to record this today because these are just some thoughts that I've been having, but I encourage you to do your own research. Don't just take what someone else says for face value. You have opportunity at your fingertips. When we think about social media, when we think about learning, I remember a long time ago, we had to go to the library to get a book to read. Um, But now you literally can order a book on your Kindle. You can search online and find free literature to read. So there's a wealth of information. So there's no reason for us to just take what someone else says as face value, take their opinions and take it to heart. If we don't know the truth, we get to research. We get to research what someone actually said. We get to research what they actually did. We get to see it with our own eyes. It's up to us to make a decision whether or not that is something that we agree with or we disagree with because we don't have to agree with everything. But again, we have to remember that there is always that individual's truth. There is someone else's truth and there's the truth. Because when you think about yourselves, you have your truth. The people around you have their truth, but there is a truth. And sometimes that truth 
may not necessarily align because again, we see things from our own perspective. So I hope that today's episode really just made you think about life, that it made you think about the importance of opinions and being mindful. So because we know that opinions are so powerful, it is important for each of us to take stock of the opinions that we hold true to our hearts. We can fact check those opinions. We can test it to the light and say, okay, wait a minute, does this stand? Is there data and evidence to suggest that this point is true? And if it is, how do I want to proceed? And uh, before I wrap up, there's one more thing that I wanted to highlight is um, from the King Center website. Again, this is based on research. It highlighted that Dr. King's philosophy was of nonviolence. And they noted that there are multiple principles with regard to that. And so the first principle is nonviolence is a way of life for courageous people. Principle two states, nonviolence seeks to win friendship and understanding. Principle three, nonviolence seeks to defeat injustice or evil, not people. Principle four, nonviolence holds that unearned voluntary suffering for a just cause can educate and transform people and societies. Principle five, nonviolence chooses love instead of hate. And principle six, nonviolence believes that the universe is on the side of justice. Again, I encourage you to research. I encourage you to question things. It is okay. And when you do question, get your own understanding. Don't just take someone else's word for it. Don't take the news the news that you see. Don't take their word for it. Do your research. Some of it may be rooted in fact. Some of it may be rooted in opinion. There are some people that may not like you just because. And there's literally nothing you can do about it. But what you can do is continue to walk in love. You can continue to stand for truth. You can continue to share your perspective because the time is always right to do what is right. And on that note, continue to stand, continue to do what you need to do to further the truth for you. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. Until next time, be blessed.